Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Inside the Archives. I'm your host, Marty Rosenbaum, and thank you to everyone that has subscribed to the show on iTunes. You can find us in the iTunes store by searching for Inside the Archives. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and find a full list of every podcast we've released so far. It is our Lollapalooza preview podcast, and right now we're going to call it the Big Old Lollapalooza preview podcast because the festival descends once again on Grant Park this weekend, Thursday through Sunday, and 93XRT will be your home for all things Lollapalooza this weekend. And joining me today is the man who has lots of experience out there, and once again, be your voice of Lollapalooza is Marty Leonard. It's Marty, welcome. Thank you, Marty. It's so nice to be here. It's always uh, a pleasure to uh, to have two Martys in the same room talking into microphones next to each other, especially when we're talking about Lollapalooza, because you and I have been together at Lala now for a number of years, um, me doing the radio shows and bringing all this content to XRT listeners, and you actually bringing it to the webpage and uh, you know, doing your digital thing, and that's uh, that's cool. So we're kind of partnered up for Lollapalooza. It's nice to do it again. I, my favorite was when I interviewed you a few years ago. <laughs> that was uh, that was great. Um, yeah, I had, I had never been. There are a few times in my life I can recall being more nervous because our program director at the time, uh, Norm, called me on the spot and said, "Hey, you're going on air in ten minutes," and I felt a rumbling in my stomach. And I remember you, Ryan Arnold was sitting on the couch. And Jason that time. Thomas, and they were Jason. both there just like looking at their phones. And you're like, yeah, looking at their phones. And you could tell I was just sitting there, eyes wide open, a thousand yards stare. And you're like, hey, guys, get on out of here. <laughs> go do <laughs> something. Can, can you go do something somewhere else? You, you did a great job in calming me down. Yeah. I felt very, very relaxed as we went into it. And uh, yeah, as we, as we got into it, it turned out to be no big deal. Yeah, it was fun. So that was cool. But we'll be there once again this weekend. Backstage at Lollapalooza, doing artist interviews, taking you inside the festival. And what we want to do on today's podcast is just give a preview of everything, bands that you need to check out, um, some of our personal favorites, what we're anticipating, and then what's going on at the festival the weekend because it is about the music, but there's so much else that goes on. So we're going to start off with a day-by-day breakdown of the festival, take you through Thursday when you walk in the gates until Sunday evening when you've just had a magical weekend at Lollapalooza and want to relive the whole thing. So starting off Thursday, it's a uh, the second, third year that Lollapalooza has done a four-day festival. And Thursday is always an entertaining day because you kind of ease into things. But there is a lot of firepower that gets packed into the end of it with Arctic Monkeys headlining. But leading up until that headlining spot, who are you looking forward to? Um, Well, I'll be on the air that day. (laughs) I'll still be here in the radio station. But uh, I'm looking at uh, at, at the schedule. I think this year, maybe more than than most years, because it's a four-day festival and they have to pack this with a lot of artists. There are many artists on here that I'm not familiar with. 
this year seems like it's uh, it's it's really fertile for uh, discovery, for discovery of these artists. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, this looks like uh, like a, like every single day you can get get to the festival at noon and see many artists who you've never seen before. I mean, I've right. Yeah, there's some there. I, you know, I think I, I guarantee when we look back on this year's iteration of Lollapalooza several years from now, you'll probably see some of these names and they'll be way more recognizable, which is something the fest has done really well in the past. Well, it's always like that. I mean, if you always think back to the stage, the BMI stage, which is really a showcase for new young singer songwriters. Oftentimes they're mostly uh, solo artists, some bands, but uh, that's been a real stepping stone for a lot of artists. And I do recall, um, I think it might've been passion pit playing on that stage first and of course, the biggest story of the BMI stage was Lady Gaga, who performed there uh, as Lady Gaga. No one knew who she was, and then within two or three years, she was playing on the main stage. So that's a that's a good place to to actually position yourself to see some pretty cool artists. Yeah, well, we have uh, outside of Arctic Monkeys, another XRT favorite, Franz Ferdinand, is playing that afternoon. Yeah, and uh, they'll have a. Do they have a new album out by this by this time, or do they have? One oh, they've upcoming? had one out. They've had they've, they've had, had one out, out okay. for you know six six months or so. Okay, so I'm uh, behind the times on it. Yeah, well, the cool <laughs> thing about Franz Ferdinand coming back to Lollapalooza, if you remember, if you recall the year when the thunderstorms came in and they evacuated the park, which still is one of the most legendary afternoons at Lollapalooza and Grant Park. It was on a Saturday. It was just it was a storm where it actually became night. And well in advance, an hour and a half of the storm arriving at uh, at the park, they had just evacuated, kicked everybody out, and it turned into this like crazy party time where people went into restaurants and hotels and whatnot to stay out of the rain. But the first band back on stage when they did reopen the festival after the storms had passed through, it was Franz Ferdinand. So they, yeah, they reopened it in the mud. <laughs> and, you know, there was a small gathering in front of the stage because a lot of people hadn't realized that it had reopened again. A lot of people just went home. But it was really cool set, and they worked it into the set, and their energy actually brought the festival back. So that's – and they're one of the most exciting bands live you're ever going to see. They are. They bring a lot of energy, and I think they're one of those bands that a festival suits them really well because yeah. they can capture ears of fans who may not have heard their music before, mm-hmm. fans who maybe only know Take Me Out – and they bring your attention right away. So that's a set. Highly recommend you don't miss that. Who else do you got on tap for Thursday? Well, if, if you look at this, it's uh, some pop artists and also uh, hip-hop artists. Uh, Travis Scott is on the uh, other side while Arctic Monkeys are playing. And Arctic Monkeys, by the way, I saw them the other night on, uh, I think it was Stephen Colbert. And the most shocking thing about that set was... Uh, Alex Turner's cut his hair. He shaved his head. <laughs> and maybe it's because uh, the new album uh, is is takes place on another planet. Yeah. Maybe he thought he had to look like an astronaut and shave his head for the helmet. I don't know. If he's getting into character, I can only imagine what other hijinks they're going to be bringing to their Lollapalooza set. Well, this album this album is uh, pretty much mid-tempo, and they're, they're these big, rich ballads in, in many cases. And he just kind of walks around the stage, and he looks world—he he's always pretty world-weary, but even more so world-weary on another planet. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's almost like a cabaret show. It doesn't— 
it doesn't lend itself to a big stage, so it'll be interesting to see how they bring those songs to that stage, because you know they can. Right, right. So let's move on to Friday then. Uh, you've had one day of the festival in the books, and Friday sees uh, some more familiar names for XRT listeners. You have uh, Parquet Courts, James Bay, Greta Van Fleet, The National headlining that mm-hmm. night, um, on top of a few other artists. What's your rundown on that day? On that day, well, it's, it's interesting. I thought that... Uh, Booking Bruno Mars for Lollapalooza, and I was big, huge pop star, very uh, entertaining. Like he's an entertainer. This guy brings a huge show. I mean, he's played the Super Bowl what twice, mm-hmm. and uh, you've seen him on the Grammys and whatnot. Won all those Grammys last year. So it's sort of an uh, even though he's so popular, it's an out of the box for Lollapalooza. Because if you think back to 1991, when Lollapalooza was the gathering of the tribes, and it was all this underground music, to the original Lollapalooza, who would have been an equivalent artist, pop artist in 1991 that would have, say if they had booked Bruno Mars, I don't even know. Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, maybe like Michael Jackson. Someone like that, yeah. Like, that's like, really the only that's equivalent a good one. I can think of at this that's point. That's a good one, yeah, um, Michael Jackson, that's perfect. Well, and even in recent years, the festival has had its share of big name artists, but that outside of Lady Gaga, I can't really think of an artist that's translated over from the pop world to the festival. You get big name electronic music producers and Mm -hmm. DJs. You get big name hip hop artists and obviously rock acts, but he's the first one since Lady Gaga in 2010 that's brought the pop sensibility to the main stage. And think of the contrast of the two headliners that night, because on one end you have Bruno Mars in his upbeat uptown funk, (laughs) and then on the other side, it's the national being, uh, you know, intensely moody it'll be the most polarized there's no in between there no in between there you're either going to see the national and you're going to see bruno mars and that's about it but borns is playing before bruno mars and borns does a great show yes he's really really good from uh from michigan the funny thing about borns you know he grew up as uh, as a magician i re- i remember reading about yeah, that so liking- he's already a natural entertainer before he got into music yeah 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 and walk the moon they're a fun band they've played there before uh, I recall when we used to have uh, there. There used to be a an event on Thursday night when Lollapalooza was only three days. It was called uh, um, Nelaruski. No, no, no. Not it was it was in the park. It was called uh, Gallapalooza. Gallapalooza, and it was a fundraiser for uh, the city for the parks in the city. And and I hosted that a number of years. And one of the years, Walk the Moon played, and they were really young and they were really new. Their first record hadn't even been released yet, and they were so excited to be there. So now look at they're on the big Grant Park main stage just before Bruno Mars. That's that's pretty crazy. And Tyler, the creator, I'm not sure whether he's ever played Lollapalooza, but I do recall seeing him at Pitchfork. Yeah, uh, a few a years couple ago. years back, he played yeah. there. So he's a uh, you know he's a, he's a big crossover in the indie hip hop world where mm-hmm. I, I, I you know a lot of people my age. Um, that that dabble in hip hop and rock and roll. He's a fan of um, a big a bit. A lot of people are fans of his. Yeah. What was the and name I, of the group that he had? The uh, group? Odd Future. Odd Future. Yeah. yeah. Well, Pretty explicit. They, <laughs> yeah. Well, when they played at uh, at Pitchfork, it was insane, and and uh, Frank Ocean was in that band too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that band. And it was crazy. They just kept stage diving off the stage into the audience. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, Gang of Youths is a band from Australia, and right now Australia once again is just become this uh, this fertile uh, ground for these new bands. All these all these bands are coming out of Australia, starting you know with Courtney Barnett, and 
Yeah, they've been well represented. There's another. There's another festival. Oh yeah, and another new band called uh, Rolling Blackouts Mm -hmm. from Australia and Gang of Youths. And the guy who fronts that band is a big, huge stage presence, and they're pretty mainstream sounding, uh, for the most part. But he looks like he has star power, and he's playing, and with his band Gang of Youths on the Tito stage. At 1.45 on Friday, it's pretty early. That'll be a great way to start your day. But that's a good way to start your day because, and then he's also doing, or they're also doing an after show at Reggie's on one of these nights, which would be a great place to see Gang of Youths too. But we've we've been playing Gang of Youths, and Jason played them on the Big Beat a lot, and they've uh, they've they've become part of New Music Thursday as well. So so that's cool. And James Bay has played the festival uh, a few times, and he's. Uh, He's a pretty good. Uh, in fact, he's reinvented himself. He got rid of his hat. He used to wear a hat all the time. He that was yeah. like his thing was wearing the hat. And now he's become more of a pop star. But he's sandwiched it between uh, Parquet Courts and Post Malone, which seems like an odd, odd place for uh, James Bay to be. But that's all leading up to the National uh, Jungle, who are playing on the American Eagle stage at the same time as the National and Bruno Mars. That might be worth uh, checking out. You know, they're a great, great alternative between, as we were talking before, between the upbeat nature of Bruno Mars and the National being mm-hmm. a more mellow set. Jungle provides that chill, kind of laid back, but you can still dance to it as well. Right. You know, here's another artist who's playing on the Grant Park stage, which is uh, on the south end of the park, the same stage where Bruno and Walk the Moon and Tyler the Creator are playing. But before those three guys is uh, Dermot Kennedy, Mm -hmm. and he's an Irish uh, singer sort of in the mold of a Glenn Hansard. He came up uh, as a busker on the streets of Ireland, and he's a pretty dynamic artist. He's very emotional, as most Irish Irish buskers are, and uh, yeah, so that's funny you mentioned that. He was on my list of under-the-radar artists that you should check out if you're looking for uh, some time to fill the gap. That's Uh, cool. Yeah, so he's a... Great, great songwriter, mm-hmm. and I think in a few years become, will become a much more common name. Also on the Kids of Palooza stage on Friday, 3 o'clock, Big Don. Big Don. I don't know who that is, but how can you not go see a, an artist named Big Don? <laughs> hey, have you seen Big Don? Big Don over yeah, he's there. he's on the kids stage. He's, he's great. He's uh, just going to be a menacing-looking dude staring at the kids for half an hour, lecturing them about the ills of society. It, no, he just sounds like, like a mob. I'm... I'm sure I, I I don't know what Big Don I, I don't know Big Don but just the name it conjures up like some mobster's going to be there. <laughs> what here's what you kids should do. <laughs> so Big go check Don. it out. Go check that out. Yeah. So Friday's pretty packed. I mean, you really can dive right oh, into and, it and once let, you get wait, in. Wait, wait, and, and we yeah, sort of glossed over Greta Van Fleet. Well, Greta Van that Fleet. Was a given. Greta Van Fleet. Uh, not many people have seen them. They haven't played a venue in Chicago larger than Lincoln Hall. Something like that, yeah. And this is the band. You've heard them on XRT. Sounds like uh, something from a box, uh, a Led Zeppelin box set of uh, of uh, previously unreleased tracks. They sound a lot like Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, unabashedly, unashamedly, there are no excuses. They just do it. They're like four brothers from Michigan who evidently listen to every Led Zeppelin record a million times in their basement and they've been able they can play and they're really really good musicians and the singer channels Robert Plant to the point where Robert Plant has given it his thumbs up he's given it his imprimatur he says that's great the guitarists at this point this could be sacrilegious but kind of nail those riffs better than Jimmy Page probably can and uh but there were 
just this week, they they sort of are, are evolving because they do a really great cover of Adele's Rolling in the Deep. And it's kind of straight until the guitars kick in and give it kind of a Zeppelin-esque yeah. uh, little flavor. But uh, the singer doesn't sound like Robert Plant when he's doing it. He sounds a little more like like Adele. Yeah. So who knows? Well, but, and what I like about them too is they're all 17, 18 years old. They're pretty young, yeah. So they have that youthful rock and roll energy that yeah. I think is going to be a perfect fit for um, a Lollapalooza stage. And it's and they're all brothers, all yeah. of them. Runs in the family. The Kiska brothers. <laughs> can't beat them. And uh, kind of local too, coming from Michigan. So let's swing on over to Saturday. Uh you have an action-packed Friday, and Saturday, still got a lot to see as well. Who's yeah. kicking off your day? Yeah, kicking off my day? Kicking off your day. I know uh, you're going to be on the radio, but let's say you go to the fest with no broadcast obligations. Who's the first band you're checking out? Well, I would check out Lovely the Band. They're playing at the Lakeshore stage first, noon, and they become somewhat of a summertime staple on XRT. They have a summertime song called Broken. You probably have heard that song if you listen to the radio station. They're a young band from Los Angeles. And they are making their Lollapalooza debut at noon, which is really early yeah. on the Lakeshore stage. So I, I would uh, check them out just to see what they're about since we played that song so much. Um, and then going down the list, again, a bunch of artists who I don't know. Uh, LL Cool J, 445. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a nostalgia act. Kinda. I think that's that's got to be the big nostalgia act for Lollapalooza this year. How often does he perform? I I haven't looked at I have no like clue. where he plays or what his uh, his touring thing is because you know he's become more of an actor and a host. Right. He's way more on the TV and movie side now. Yeah. Seemingly, there's also another band that's playing. Do you think he just does a 40 minute version of Mama Said Knock You Out? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> go go and find out. 4:45 p.m. Saturday. But there's another band that's playing earlier on in the day. Bomba Stereo. And they were a band that played the festival several years ago. I remember uh-huh. I was working in XRT promotions at the time. And this was back when we had a tent in the middle of the festival area. And it was a rainy Saturday afternoon. I had no idea who this band was, but just for an hour, it was like constant dance music, clapping, some like yip, 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 yelping. Oh, and wow. it just sounded like a big old party. Uh Really, really fun-sounding show. I walked on over there. Great lights as well. So if you're looking to start your day off with some energy, that's definitely a band you want to check out. Right, and on that same stage, the Grand Park stage, right after them, uh, Friends of Ours, uh, because they played the festival in the past, and uh, their lead singer, Van McCann, came over and chatted with us and was one of the most... uh, Use a highlight. Outgoing, energetic people who've ever <laughs> come back there of all the artists. It was like he was running for office, making the name, getting his name out there for his band Catfish and the Bottlemen. And they're a great live band. Yeah. They're a lot of fun to see. So they're playing at 4.30 on the Grand Park stage. After LL Cool J, then uh, we start getting into uh, more headliner-esque uh, artists, and that would be like St. Vincent at 6.45. Uh, big big uh, gig for her. I mean, I've seen her at a number of festivals, uh, Bonnaroo a few times. Um, but as I, rec- well, I saw her with David Byrne at Bonnaroo and I saw her with her own band, whether she has a band for this or if she's doing the uh, solo show uh, that she did at the Chicago theater. I don't know. It would seem it would be easier for her to have a band at a big festival, but we yeah. don't know. Well, and what's interesting too, is this is her first appearance as St. Vincent at Lollapalooza 
I think when she was in Polyphonic Spree, she performed with the band, but this is the first oh, time really? she's ever been booked as St. Vincent. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I want to know what her feelings are. I'll I mean, tell you what, she can bring fest, it on a stage. But... There's, I mean, she can't. I've seen her. Yeah. I've, I've, I saw her perform at uh, Pitchfork a couple of times and uh, just amazing. I mean, she's such an incredible guitarist, but now her music has changed a little bit. And when I saw her perform at the Chicago Theater, I really didn't think that... Uh, she could afford to bring the size of the band that she would need to play the songs the way that she did. So she had a lot of tracks because there's big orchestrations and all yeah. sorts of stuff like that. I don't know. It'll I, be it'll be fun to see. Well, and then that wraps us perfectly into the headliners tonight, Vampire Weekend, who are going to be having kind of a coming out party at Lollapalooza. I mean, they've played a handful of gigs lately, teased some new music, and it'll be the first time they perform in Chicago without Rostam. So right. it'll be uh it'll be it'll be fun to see what this iteration of Vampire Weekend is like and their profile has just grown higher and higher as the years have gone on. Yeah, those those records have had legs and those songs have become staples on the radio and everybody knows them. But you know, I think the last time they played in Chicago was at Lollapalooza uh for the last record. Yeah, that was it. They never came back. I don't think. No, they cuz they've been on a break for quite some time now yeah and it's funny that the Vam- vampire weekend and the weekend are playing at the same time so it's on a saturday on a saturday on so it's like weekend on both ends of the park it just depends on what kind of weekend you want great synergy guys what kind of week what kind of weekend do you want <laughs> and, uh, and the, the weekend i saw a few years ago at lala and He's pretty great. Yeah, he's really that'll, good. That'll, that'll draw One of a big the disappointments, Perry, Perry Farrell's "Kind Heaven" was uh, supposed to play, and that's the big show that he's about to do in Las Vegas. But they said they couldn't really do it at Lollapalooza. Yeah, they, they well, kind of. Uh, is he even going to be at the festival this year? Because I know his yeah. performance got scrapped, but no, he, I, he I, has I, to be there, right? Last year was so much fun when he came back with his dog. Yeah. To our he came okay he came back to our broadcast area to our uh, our, our little uh, lounge if you will with uh, both his wife and his dog and pretty much just talked about the dogs his dog his dog was an Instagram sensation yeah probably still is but yeah. was at the time too. well it's always great for Perry to come back and uh, the coolest thing is that we've done this so many times and I've interviewed and chatted with Perry and seen him other places uh, to the point now where I don't have to be introduced to him. He knows me, knows my name when he sees me, and uh, that's, I don't know, that's really a kick. Yeah. That's really a yeah. kick. Who else is on that day? I don't know. I think that's that pretty much covers that That, that covers a lot of it. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's a good day for discovery, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of big draws yeah. that'll be coming that Saturday. But moving into Sunday, for me, when I was putting this whole podcast together, I was looking, Sunday is the day. If you're gonna, if you're, if you're still on the fence about choosing a day to go to Lollapalooza, you're an XRT fan. Sunday, you're gonna see a lot of familiar faces there. Right. Um, so you know, let's let's start off earlier on, work our way up until the Big Jack White show. Well, at you the know, end of the day. Right now, a band that if you're getting there early, you really need to see because uh, it's one of the more interesting records uh, all over the place and live. They're supposed to be pretty incredible, and that's Super Organism. Mm. And they're playing at the Tito's uh, stage at 12.15 on a Sunday. Uh, Super Organism, boy. Save your energy for that. That's really worth checking out if if you get there that early. Um, But then we go through the day, and um, a friend of ours who we did a free sample show with, 
and who's played here a couple of times. He toured with a first aid kit. He's played in the Blue Cross stage. Really nice guy. Huge baseball fan as a Dodgers fan. Mm. Uh, Van William. Van William. Outside of the Dodgers, I think it's worth giving him some uh, attention. <laughs> yeah. Lines. He's playing a 210 on the BMI stage, which he's a is great that, musician. that up and coming uh, songwriter stage. So, and and that's uh, it's small and it's it's covered with trees. It's on the street. It's it's very intimate for a Lollapalooza stage, and I think that would be a good place to see Van William. And he's got a great band too. Yeah. Um, we then go through and a band that you've heard on XRT a lot lately, and it's a name that uh, a band name that is just uh, out there, but it's one that you remember because it makes no sense. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. And you've heard their song Fever Pitch on XRT, I'm sure. They're playing at 4 o'clock on the Tito's stage. And, again, that's another band that is uh, kind of wiggy. Uh, in that song that we play, it's two and a half minutes long. It makes like three or four changes as the song goes on. It's uh, it's like a playlist all jammed into two and a half minutes. It's a, a surprise. You get the best of everything. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. <laughs> and just so you know, their uh, their fans call them RKS. RKS. Yeah, and they, so they have enough fans to wear their RKS. So you could be hip to all the lingo that they're using when you go check out RKS yeah, yeah. this Sunday. They're worth uh, checking out, I think. Um, and then we have uh, Anderson East, who's really made his mark this year. He's playing on the Grant Park stage. I'm sure he'll have that big, uh, the big horn section. He brings a nice, uh, a nice kind of uh, soul, like a like a soul review. Yeah. You know, he's got a little big, country th- stuff on the side. He's he's pretty versatile. Full band, too. He did a Studio X with us several months ago and had a whole horn section with him. Mm-hmm. He played guitar, had another guitarist who Anderson and his guitarist would interchange lead parts. Um, you know, keyboard player, really big sound. And I think right. that's going to translate well to the big stage. Right. It's pretty amazing, The uh, all the soul uh, neo-soul bands coming out of northern Alabama out of the Athens area. He's from Athens, Alabama, Yeah, as uh, is Alabama Shakes, as is St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. Anderson, he's now is more of a Nashville artist. He moved up there. But uh, but that should be a pretty pro set. Yes. You know? Uh, Licky Lee is always alluring, always cool, atmospheric. She's played on smaller stages before. She's uh, graduated up to the Grant Park stage. And then... Uh, well, then that leads up to one of the biggest artists of uh, of the past year, and surprisingly so, uh, Portugal the Man. Yeah. Not surprising uh, because of the music, because that Woodstock record is so good. It's such a great record. But they've been around for a long time, and last time they played at Lollapalooza, kind of a legendary story there, their van got stolen. Yeah. Their van was stolen. They lost all their equipment, but they got it all back because of the early years of social media. Yeah, when social media was still good. It was still good, and <laughs> uh, and, and people went, and they, they found it at like a flea market. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty riveting story that got a lot of attention on the news, oh, yeah. not just locally, but nationally as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Portugal the Man coming back with the success they've had, the bigger show they have, playing on the Grand Park stage at 6.30. I would guess they're not traveling in a van. Yeah, probably not this year. I don't think probably they're traveling not. in a van, so they won't have to worry about well, that. Well, what's exciting about their set this year is you're going to get a whole bunch of fans that are out there to see him play, live in the moment, feel it still. Mm-hmm. Um, those great tracks off of Woodstock who may not have been exposed to some of their earlier work that they still play plenty of during their show right. and really discover just the depth of Portugal the Man's catalog. Yeah. And they're such great guys. And uh, yeah. Yeah. 
They're fun. And uh, Chromio always does a great festival show. Yeah. They're festival veterans. They're, I think they're made for a festival. They are. And and also a band that you've heard a lot on XRT this year, Manchester Orchestra. Yeah. Uh, another veteran band that has broken to a much larger audience with their uh, their latest album and their song called uh, The Gold. Yes. So they're they're playing. This is all down on the South End on Sunday, leading to uh, the headliner, Jack White. Jack White. And if you listen to our podcast back in April, <laughs> Marty, Marty, you already know how we feel. So oh, I'll, I'll point you there, so we don't have to spend half an hour talking no, about such it. A, but but what you can but. expect, what what you can expect is a funk show, and you, not something that you would uh, instantly think Jack White a funk show. Yes, yes, that's what he's doing. He's got a band that's like Parliament Funkadelic crossed with Led Zeppelin because yeah. it still has rock, but it also has huge funk grooves yes. and like 70s uh, jazz funk grooves. There's a lot of like jazz fusion stuff going on. A lot of psychedelic elements to it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a out there show. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Jack White is going to finish off the festival. But if that's not your thing, which I totally understand... Opposite of Jack White is Odessa, mm-hmm. who we've played, who we've been playing on XRT for uh, you know quite some time now. Yeah, and they, I haven't seen them, but watching YouTube videos, they look like they put on a hell of a show. So what do they do? Because their music has a lot of guest appearances. Uh, you know, they're essentially DJs, right? Who who make these incredible backing tracks for uh, for other singers. They bring out, they bring out, um, they they act as like a hybrid of DJing and a live band. So they mm-hmm. use a lot of samples, but they'll bring out some guest musicians as well to sing during certain songs mm-hmm. um and then they'll play instruments live too so it's like a hybrid um live band dj set as well mm-hmm. um, so you're not just going to be watching them up there on turntables there's a pretty rocking band who's playing earlier on that same stage as odessa in the afternoon i see here at three o'clock the vaccines they're pretty straight ahead rock and roll pretty yeah fun to see yeah on a, on a nice sun sunday afternoon sunday afternoon so you gotta you really if you're going all four days you gotta save your energy because man sunday's packed right but you know as you look at the uh at the schedule and they have it in like uh what would you call that chart form yeah um on the sides bud light grant park because they're they bookend the festival but in the middle there is so much in there and like i said we don't know a lot of those bands off the top of our heads but that's where you could spend a lot of time discovering new music in the the middle of the of the chart exactly so let's look at you know some of those bands that are in the middle now that aren't playing the headlining sets who do you think are going to be vaunted vaulted to the headliner status in a couple of years oh boy from the middle or from earlier, any on part the- you know what any part of the festival that's not a headliner because okay. we've seen like the National and Vampire Weekend go from right. those six thirty sets up to the headlining. Well, sets. I think, and it depends on what their next record is. But if Portugal the Man does a record that is uh, anywhere near as accepted and as popular as the Woodstock record, they could be yeah. uh, potentially a headliner. And could depending on on their big show, you know, we'll see on. Uh, on that Sunday, on Sunday of Lollapalooza, I think their their potential churches maybe, but I don't know. They're going to need a hit. Um, if you've got uh, Bruno Mars as a big pop star playing a main stage uh, on on Thursday, there's a woman by the name of Camilla Cabello. Yeah, and she has already had Rolling Stone cover. She's uh, pretty much everywhere. Huge social media following. Yeah. Too. And she maybe has the potential for that. Maybe Khalid, who has, you know, grown over the past few years. But in terms of rock bands, I don't know. You know, the biggest, 
the one that sticks out to me right away is Greta Van Fleet. I mean, they ha- they they haven't released a full album yet, which apparently is coming this fall. Right. They're so young, and they've already developed a the acceptance from Led Zeppelin, but they're that young rock and roll band that crosses generations. That uh, you know, people who grew up listening to Led Zeppelin will want to right. check these guys out. And just from that standpoint. I could see their profile growing in recent years where two years from now they may not be headlining the festival, but they could be playing that 630 slot right before someone else. It raises the question that if they are going to get to that level, um, and, you know, I love the Zeppelin stuff that they do because it just sounds great. They're going to have to maybe evolve into something a little more original, you know, Mm -hmm. start writing some different kinds of songs maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll see. But they got the potential. They do. They do. But uh, yeah, I that would be about it. Maybe Anderson East at some point. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a big sound, and he, he's a fairly young guy too. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, another another angle we got to take because this is always one of my favorite parts about any festival lineup is band names. Oh yeah, which is which is your favorite band name on the festival? My favorite Just from a pure band? band name standpoint. Well, there are, there are a number of bands. Uh, that uh, I, I find amusing because they're they're more li- they're not really bands either they're DJs DJs have the best names yeah DJs who are playing the Perry Perry stage have the best but there's some who either could be artists or they could be vanity plates <laughs> there's um, K question D <laughs> look at that you can see that on a license plate right yeah there's Lizard L Z R D <laughs> there's Res and then there's an old band from uh, from the past, CKY. Yeah. These are all great license plates. They're all license plates. There's also uh, some other uh, artists, DJs. Uh, I like uh, Space Jesus mm-hmm. playing at Perry State. That's a good one. Bro Hug. Bro. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, this one. The Hymn. The Hymn. The Hymn. Not H-Y-M-M. The Hymn. Like H-I-M. H-I-M, okay. yes. And Terror Jr. is a good one. And... Uh, there's there's a band called Buddy. Buddy, <laughs> how can you not like a band called Buddy? Put your arm around the person next to you. Come on over and have see a good Buddy. Time. I like to do well. You do the back to back of Buddy and Bro Hug. There you go. Uh, and on the children's stage, uh, Chicago, a Chicago a children's artist, a really great guy, has uh, a lot of connection with the old town old town school of folk music. Justin Roberts, and he's playing the children's stage with his band, Justin Roberts and the Not Ready for Nap Time Players. <laughs> So I think a, I think that I think a lot of uh, a lot of adults <laughs> that'll apply to as well. Just a hunch. But not ready for nap time. Players. Those are some pretty good names. One of, one of them that sticks out to me, and especially after listening to their music, which I know goes against the original question, was Gang of Youths. Oh yeah, great name. Sounds very menacing, troublesome, edgy in your face, but they make wonderful music. Well, and they you don't be, get that vibe at all. They could be a gang of youths who do um, you know uh, outreach. Yeah. They could be. Could be doing good for they the world. Could. Maybe it got to be a little bit less cynical. How about Petite Biscuit? That's good. I'll have one. I want to eat one of those. I'll take one. In. I'll need one. Maybe two. Um, there was another one, too. Uh, a Boogie with the Hoodie. I like that. Um, yeah, there's some good names. So Lollapalooza, for as much music as there is, it's not all about the music. There's plenty of other great stuff to do at the festival, and it really has become a destination where people are coming from all around the world to come to Chicago for the weekend. What advice would you give to someone who may be coming to Chicago for the first or second time that you have to check out in and around the festival during the weekend? In and around the festival. Well, if you're coming from out of town and you haven't thought about it, 
uh, unfortunately, you won't be able to go to the after shows unless you want to pay big big time bucks uh, from ticket brokers. But uh, the after shows really make uh, Lala, set Lollapalooza apart from many other festivals because the legendary clubs in Chicago have great showcases with bands who are playing headlining gigs. I mean, you could just go to the uh, to the after shows and never make it to the festival and still have a pretty great weekend. Yeah, uh, it was just announced, you know, this week that uh, Jack White sold out in like a minute. Mm-hmm. He's playing at Metro. Vampire Weekend are playing at Metro. The National. Um, or is uh, who's playing at uh, the Vic? Someone's playing at the Vic. You know, I don't know off the top of my head, but you you see bands that are playing the main stages, playing these mm-hmm. intimate clubs afterwards, and even if you've seen their set already during the day, it's something that you're going to want to check out because it mm-hmm. brings a totally different vibe. Right. Plus, um, just around the uh, around the park in the various restaurants and hotels, there's stuff going on. I mean, there's stuff that we don't even know about. Yeah. There's all kinds of private shows and shows that you can uh, slime your way into at some point. And, uh, you know, just being downtown, the whole city is alive. It really creates a vibe music. Around, it, around Grand Park at that it time does. of year. It does. And, uh, you know, and if you're coming from out of town, you already have a hotel room probably. You have a place to stay. It's, it's really, uh, it's experiencing a festival in... And even though Grand Park is so huge, but it still is pretty compact, it's all in the downtown area. It's not like, uh, you know, you have to go to some place that's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of a city. Right. Great surroundings. You know, the Grand Park is just, it's a beautiful place. You're surrounded by buildings, Buckingham Fountain, the lake. It's just a, 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 great, a great thing to do. And I would suggest you go to the festival and just hang out and see... Walk around, yeah. Check out things, meet your friends. Well, that was that, sort of that was that was one of the you know one of the items we had on here was the biggest regret after each festival ends, and I always find myself thinking, man, with that downtime, just go check out a band, go check out music of an artist you've never heard of before. Right. Just walk around to a stage and scope it out, see what it's like, because you never know if they're going to turn you on to that music. Right. You know the the funny thing is that. Um, here on XRT, I'm so closely associated with Lollapalooza because I have been broadcasting from the site since the first year it came back to Grant Park in, what, 2006? Yeah. So that's a long, long time. But in terms of navigating the festival during the daytime, I don't do that because <laughs> I'm I'm doing radio shows and people are coming to me and we're interviewing and sometimes you feel almost isolated from the festival itself, you know? Right. Um. Sometimes you can get out and see something, but you can't wander too far away because you can't. Yeah. So. Well, you're still the expert. We're not going to take that title away well, from you, even well, if you don't, you don't wander out as much as. It's, yeah, as it I'm could. more of an expert of how to uh, take public transportation, or what's the be- where's the best place to park my car and get to our site. Well, any with without ruining your perfect parking spot so that you don't lose it for festival weekend. What are so you know what what's your advice for people doing that? Uh, it depends. Well, I would say. Uh, park in somewhere around like in the Millennium Park garage. It's a huge garage. No one parks in it. It's usually empty. Mm-hmm. It really is. But I don't think people know about it. And if you park there and get somewhere near the south end of the uh, of the parking garage, you walk out and you're right there at the festival. You're at the south at the the north entrance of the festival. The other side, uh, I don't know. There are a lot of parking lots and in, in such uh, in the South Loop, but public transportation is your best bet. It's so anyways. easy. It and really is. You can come either on the L or on the Metra, and mm-hmm. there's so many people going to the festival. You're basically just following the crowd, and you don't need. You can get off at the north end, 
you know, towards, um, you can walk in off of Jackson, go all the way south mm-hmm. towards Roosevelt. Uh, there's a lot of different options you can take. But there's two features I saw that the festival is having this year that I think will be interesting for people to scope out when you do have some downtime. One, spin out is a uh, ping pong area. So you can play some ping pong during the festival, but apparently they're also going to be hosting matches from professional ping pong players. Uh, How many balls do you think they'll lose? <laughs> probably a lot. But I lose them in a basement. Ping pong ball can't be that expensive. No, like they have five, to have ten a lot cents of those, maybe. Yeah. But uh, that'll be entertaining. There's also Bud Light is having uh, something called the Bud Light Dive Bar Sessions, where there's a special stage on the north side of the park, just off of Jackson, where they're going to be featuring some performances from Lala artists. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure if this is a general admission uh, venue that they're setting up. If is this something outside needs to be the ticketed. festival? Inside the festival. Right before you cross Jackson, uh-huh. uh, right by Jackson and Columbus. Do you need a ticket for it? That I'm unsure of. Why uh, would you? I don't think you do. I think you just go in and, you know, first come, first serve as far right. as uh, getting you know, they a spot used to, to see them. They had small stages like that at, at Bonnaroo, uh, little showcase stages. And I saw bands like Dawes. Wow. And uh, Mumford & Sons play those stages before I knew who they were. Right. Yeah, so this could be a great opportunity to find something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if, you got, if you got a gap in your schedule. Yeah. Well, the festival's coming up in just a few days, and we are very excited once again to be taking you backstage with, you know, artist interviews and full-on coverage of the festival. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always an exciting time, and it creeps up on you fast. Yeah. Our uh, our coverage on the radio begins on Friday. We're not uh, we're not broadcasting on Thursday, uh, but on Friday, we are start Friday at 2 o'clock, and I'll be there uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 2 to 7 uh, with live reports and interviews and just trying to keep you up on what's going on, any kind of news that happens around the festival. Occasionally you, know? you get some scoops on that, that no one else gets, like when uh, the Charlies of the C3s came and let you, knew that, let you know that it was going to be a four-day festival again. Yeah, that's where they kind of announced scoops. it. I think they saw my face drop. Like four days. And then I said, I said, don't, don't make this two consecutive weekends, please. Don't do it two consecutive weekends. We're begging you. Please don't. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Lollapalooza, it's really been, uh, one of the highlights of, of, uh, my, my radio life, um, being able to, to broadcast from Lollapalooza and meet so many great artists and, uh, and be a part of it. And, uh, you know, to do this again, I mean, every year we're like, okay, we got away with it again. We're going to do this. But yeah, we are because XRT is your home for everything Lollapalooza. Has been since the beginning. Has been going back to 1991 for the yes. original Lollapalooza. And I've been able to do stuff professionally at every Lala. And uh, wow. It's an exciting weekend, and we will be happy to share it with you over the next coming days. So uh, be sure you're following us on all of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow the station at 93XRT. You can follow Marty on Twitter at Marty Leonard's. You yep. can follow myself on Twitter at Marty Rosenbaum. Mm-hmm. And you know maybe, maybe we'll make a joint account, a Marty and Marty account. The Marty Marty account. I don't know. We'll maybe see. Maybe we should. Yeah, we'll see, see what we have when we have some downtime what we can come up yeah. with. But, and I will take credit for, for all the likes. <laughs> no, those all the, are mine. All the hate mail, send my way. I'm already used to that as it is. Well, Marty, thank you so much for joining me today. Marty, a, it's uh, always great to uh, to join you on the uh, on the archive live from the no the inside uh, the archives inside the archives podcast. I just call it the Marty and Marty podcast. It rolls <laughs> off my tongue much easier. Oh, I can understand. And uh, as a reminder, if you haven't done so yet, the podcast is on iTunes. You can subscribe to it. Just search for Inside the Archives podcast. 
in the iTunes store, subscribe to it, leave yes. us a rating or review, and share with your friends. And also don't forget about checking the uh, Marty and Lynn podcast. Yeah, you guys just had your debut a few the weeks Lynn ago. The Lynn and Leonard's podcast. Uh, hey, who left the mic on? Yeah, that is up right now. I believe we have you on iTunes. You're on 93XRT.com as well. So look at us spreading our podcast. Yeah, we'll wings. be doing another one too. We'll be recording one probably after uh, after Lollapalooza. Yeah, let the craziness settle down before you guys get into yeah, that yeah. again. But that was, a, that was a great first episode that you guys did talking about... Uh, Cops, Catholic, and the Cubs was the Oh, my God. Well, wait, wait, because there are many, many plot twists. There are. Ooh, it's a good tease. (laughs) So we'll leave you waiting with that. But in the meantime, we're looking forward to Lollap Blues this weekend. The four days coming up for 93XRT and Inside the Archives. I'm Marty Rosenbaum. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.